Do you know what, Josh? You know what? We're two hours, three minutes, and nine seconds into the show, and we haven't talked about one of the biggest or two of the biggest stories in sports in depth. We haven't talked about Mike McCarthy, and we haven't talked about horns down to the degree that I really wanted to on the show today. Well, you know what? There's still time. There is time, so let's get after it. Uh, With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. You're tuned into The Plank Show right here on The Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. If you missed our portal conversation, you can find it on the podcast. We also kicked off the show with Ginny Baranchek. Eric Bailey joined us moments ago. As soon as this here program wraps up, log on to kref.com, click the podcast, download it, or... Search KREF however you consume podcast. Podcasts. It's never been more popular. It's never been more popular. All right, so let's get after it. Time for the top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Yes, indeed. Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107, or online at Newcastle Casino. Dot com Great deals, great opportunities for you to get rewards where real gamers go to play. Newcastle Casino, big story, number five. Number five. I think I set a record, Josh Helmer, with the most open windows during the program today. Oh, dude, my whole life is closing windows. I, I literally just looked. And, uh, I mean, it's embarrassing. I, literally, it's embarrassing. I, uh, I'll i get to a point where I have, like, 14 different windows open, like writing stories and yeah. copying and pasting or finding information from this piece or that piece. And uh, eventually I get to the point, I, I just got to close them all. Just That's what I just one. did because I, I was looking I was looking for this. Big story number five, poor, poor Texas. You know, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, you win the right way, you lose the right way, and – you know, I always tell my guys, you know, um, whether you win or lose, you win the right way. You lose the right way. You carry yourself the right way. You don't go through the handshake line or proud of getting to the handshake line and have about six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do that, you know, because when you do those kind of things, it looks very classless, and it also looks like you were just hoping to win. We never go into games trying to hope to win. We go into games expecting to win. So we don't act like that. You know, we expect to win. We don't jump up and down act like we won a national championship. We sure don't step on anyone's home court deal and act crazy and try to show them up in any way. We don't do that. You know, so that's what I was angry about. And I was letting those guys know you don't do that. You know, you guys won. Hey, we shake, you know, shake your hand, tip our hat to you. But we're not going to let you act that way in our building. You're not going to do that. You're not going to put your horns down and do all that nonsense. Well, you could have beaten them. Yeah, that would have helped. The uh, purveyor of justice. <laughs> I, I'm watching the video of it. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> and and literally, it, it, it was it was very short. It was very brief. Ronnie's like, "Why are you guys doing that?" You know that that literally was it. But I don't, I don't think you have to do that at all. Well. It's funny that he goes on that lecture about how to handle winning and losing, and clearly this reaction was elicited from his team losing, right. and that's why he reacted in what really was not a positive manner. Tyler Feldman, uh, credit to at Tyler Feldman TV. 
he had all the videos of it, and and the second one that he posted said scene of the crime. Uh, My man blew up with that tweet. Yeah, he did. Seventy-seven to seventy-one. UCF beat Texas last night. Wow. Um, Again, I'll say what I said earlier. Coach your coach your kids. Don't coach my kids. I I could not agree more. I could not agree more. Texas struggling a little bit, man. Things aren't going well for the Horns right now. Yeah, I know. I wish they would save that for next week. Uh, Meanwhile, we'll get to OU in West Virginia in big story number one. But there was one other Big 12 game last night. And I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of thought it might be a little bit tighter. But Houston just absolutely beat the snot out of Texas Tech by a final score of 77 to 54. Let's see. Where is my... I had a little post game here from, oh, here's Kelvin Sampson afterwards talking about the road in the Big 12. You know, this this league is brutal, man. You know, and that was the number 25 team in the nation. And I'm sure people's going to overreact at their place. Like, what happened to you guys? Where'd you struggle on the It's the road in the Big 12. Teams lose. Good teams lose on the road in the Big 12. Um... And, and the good teams win at home in the uh, Big 12. And we're no different than anybody else. You know, we haven't lost our last game on the road. We'll lose some more games. And, and we haven't lost, and we haven't won our last home game. But um, um, when you're an old coach like me, you, don't, you just learn never to overreact to anything. And I never do. Gesundheit. Um, Bless you. Dude, what? I, I was talking to Chris Level yesterday, and I asked him, hey, what's some keys, right? What, what does Texas Tech need to do in order to, to get a win here tonight? And he said, well, Tech has kind of struggled turning the basketball over. They haven't done it recently. So uh, if they control the basketball, they don't turn the ball over, they got a chance. Uh, yeah, they uh, turn it over 14 times, and Houston turned those 14 turnovers into 17 points, which um, – I mean, I mean, listen, it wouldn't have been enough to win the game, but it makes a major difference for him. And it also, it doesn't, it doesn't help too terribly much whenever Texas Tech shoots 46% from the free throw line. 46% from the free throw line. Not good. We'll get to Oklahoma and West Virginia coming up in a bit, but it's time for big story number four, Josh. Number four. Were you surprised when the news broke last night that the Dallas Cowboys were not making a coaching change. Yeah, I'm surprised. With how lackluster and lifeless and disengaged Dallas was to start that game, it seemed like the perfect opportunity. And with names, big names on the board. I wonder if the feelers were tossed out and basically you found out Belichick, Harbaugh, not interested. Right. I mean, maybe maybe that's the case. Maybe it's a situation to where that interest wasn't necessarily there. And that would be very behind the scenes, right? That probably wouldn't be something that's very, very public. Um, or at least they would try to keep it behind the scenes. But I can't help but wonder if maybe they started the process of reaching out a little bit. And it's like, hey, you know, we're thinking about making a move. Would you be Bill Belichick interested in talking about it? Maybe maybe that answer quickly became, yeah, no, we're probably not going to do that. I uh, Did they get it right, though? Is continuity important here? 
That's a great question. Dude, that is Because a, they're going to get crushed for this, but did Jerry Jones, in fact, get it right? I think he I think he might have. I think he might have. Especially if Dan Quinn returns. And I know the defense got lit up by Green Bay. No, it was a terrible performance. It's unfortunate that their worst performance came in their biggest game, and it came one week after maybe their best performance of the season. And, and unfortunately for them, and really everybody in sports, right? Right. People don't rationally look at it as, oh, well, that was one postseason game. They string them together, right? It's a, a franchise epidemic for Dallas that, what, they've gone X amount of uh, playoff trips without a conference championship round appearance. So you're judged not by your present. You're judged by your present with your past. Right. Uh, here is what McCarthy said in his press conference. Well, I guess it was like a – Impromptu. They said end of season press conference, but again, the Cowboys had held off on doing any of this until they made a decision. Um, but my, my message would be this: uh, we, we we have established a, a you know a championship program. It's just not the world championship yet. Uh, we know how to win. Uh, we know how to train to win. We have the we have the right people, um, but we have not crossed the threshold winning playoff games. And um, and it's extremely disappointing to be sitting here talking about it. Um, but but he's right. Um, but the show goes on. Show goes on. <laughs> Sorry, there's like an internet hiccup there. Uh, Twelve and five. I mean, not a bad season. But the way you lost, who you lost to, it's fashion you lost. Yeah, yeah. and you got to beat good teams, right? Yeah. I mean, they they have got to get better against against the best teams they face. Big story number three. Number three. All right. So yesterday. Baker Mayfield got to do what Baker Mayfield is best at. He got to talk a little trash, Josh. And this was this was in response to CJ Gardner Johnson questioning Baker Mayfield. He basically said they've got great receivers. Baker is just not getting them the ball. Here's what Mayfield said. I don't think he's really watched film because uh, he mentioned Russell Gage. You know, we love Russell, but Russell hasn't played a snap all year for us. Um, he must be going off the preseason stuff that the media was talking about. But he didn't play our first game, so I'm excited to see him. I think he's a really good player. Um, he has been for a while. He's been an impactful guy on every team he's been on. So he, he's, uh, he's a good player. But, yeah, he's got to do a little bit more film study. <laughs> I, I don't even know. That's not even really – Yeah. I don't even know if I would say that's trash talk. Yeah, he just got laid facts. Probably a, just a rational statement. Well, and it's, it, there is one thing that's very clear. I'm sure that those who cover the NFL love it, but there's like way too many media availabilities between the end of the game and the actual game that takes place. I mean, there'll be another coach's interview and there'll be another press. Um, and I'm not really. It's just funny. It's good if you're covering the team. Right, exactly. The beat reporter's got to love it. Dan Campbell, uh, what – Oh, we, we shared on the social account was pretty cool. Yeah, he was. Uh, they asked Dan Campbell about Bake, about Baker Mayfield. Now he made one mistake that I think a lot of you people were more than happy to let him know about the mistake that he made in the uh, in the mentions. Yeah, they, they didn't give him the old man uh, leeway. They they got after him. Yeah, but uh, he means he means to mention Mark Andrews. Um, but what does he call him, Blake Andrews? Well, he's he's mixing up Blake Bell and Mark Andrews. Yeah. He's combined them. He got cl- he got close. Here's what he said. Oh, why is that not working? Coach. Anymore? There he goes. Look, I've always been a Baker fan from afar. I loved him when he was coming out. I tell this story. Um, this, to me, 
said a lot about him. And I went and worked uh, Blake Andrews out when he was coming out of OU. They came out the same year, tight end. <laughs> Close. And, uh, so, so I went out there. Well, his quarterback, you know, it's cold, but he, he you know, he comes out there. I think he's got like flip flops on. It's Baker. Baker's going to throw for him. Well, Baker threw for every one of his guys that was coming out that year. And I think he'd already had two private workouts the two days prior. And he had one that afternoon. And I think the one the next day. So that just says a lot about the guy. There's no wonder why people uh, rally around him and follow him because he's that type of teammate, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys who wouldn't do that. Well, I got to save my arm. I've got so-and-so club coming in. That wasn't him. So, um, you know, you can respect stuff like that now. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool of Coach Campbell to share it, too. Very cool. I will also add, when I hear that, it magnifies how much I hate that we didn't win a championship for Baker Mayfield. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Here's what Bob Stoops said about coaching Baker Mayfield uh, on the ref. Oh, he's the best. I mean, he's a great team guy. Like you said, he's, you know, for a lot of different reasons, he's the most popular guy in the locker room, which tells you, you know, there's, with all the swagger and all, there's a level of humility there that, you know, that everybody recognizes. And, uh, but yeah, he's just a big time leader and he was a joy to coach running around, uh, giving everybody energy, slapping coaches on the rear end when they're not expecting it. <laughs> which gives you a big jolt. <laughs> it's like, oh, geez. And it uh, didn't matter who you were. He might surprise me. He might surprise whoever. But uh, it was always great. No, he was he was a joy to coach, no, no doubt about it. Okay, Bob Stoops wins that round. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> You'll slap on the backside. He's like, whoa, oh, what's up, Hake? How are you, man? Meanwhile, there's a couple of other quick little NFL notes, speaking of the playoffs, uh, coming up this weekend. The um, Patrick Mahomes – Patrick, have you heard of him before? On playing a playoff game on the road, which is something that Patrick Mahomes has not done. Obviously, I've been lucky enough to play a lot of games at home at Arrowhead Stadium. It kind of just everything's fell that way. Um, but now we get the great opportunity to go on the road, play in a hostile environment, one that I haven't been able to play with, stand, with fans in the stands. Um, and even though I know it's going to be hostile and it's gonna, there, there are going to be people talking trash and everything like that, I'm excited for it because, I mean, it's one of the best environments in football, and you want to do that when you grow up watching these games is play in the best environments and see what it's like. Are you pumped? Oh, come on. How could you not be? I'm fired up for you. All right, uh, big story number two. Number two. So yesterday the preseason Big 12 softball poll was released. And to the surprise of nobody, Oklahoma was number one. Nearly unanimous. Texas got the other first place vote. And my understanding is that can't vote for you your can't own vote for your own team, right? And so Patty Gasso voted for Texas. Coach, look at you. I'm just assuming here. I'm just assuming. Uh, we had Coach on and asked her about battling for spots. Right, Some coaches come into the year and they say things like, well, everything's up for grabs. Coach Gasso said, listen, there are certain positions that aren't up for crowds right, right now. And gave us a good example of it uh, because I think Jada Coleman's going to start at center. Uh huh. Alyssa Brito's going to start at third or short. T.R.A. Jennings is going to start at second or short. And Kinsey Hans is starting behind the plate. But why does this keep doing this? Coach? be the lead behind the plate for a good example Kenzie Hansen is going to be the lead behind the plate but I have a very viable option 
in Riley Ludlam, who can do a good job when we need to give Kinsey a break. But uh, Riley can also swing it really well. So I have her. There's a lot of opportunities for a lot of these athletes because they do a lot of things good. So maybe you're not winning a position on defense, but maybe you're a great runner. You're going to be in the game. If you're not hitting and you're not playing defense, you're going to do something to help us win on the base path. A lot of them can do that as well. So I do feel like I'm able to move people in and out and pretty much empty the bench in every game potentially. So I'm looking forward to that. I just Every athlete on every team always believes they should be starters. So it's right. um, trying to keep those athletes that are right there on the borderline to keep fighting and Part of it is the mindset. It's a maturity of team first and the mindset of saying, I'm still going, even though I'm not the starter on day one, I'm still going to show you. I'm going to fight. I'm going to show you I am, I'm going to show you made a mistake. I want them to feel that. I want them to prove me wrong if that's whatever works for them. But a lot of them will say, oh, geez, this is my junior year and I'm not, you know, oh, gosh, and that's for me, and those are the athletes that just really kind of dig their own holes. So the goal is to keep them all pushing because they all are capable. They are all capable. You could take any player off this team, and we can still find ways to win championships. Did you hear that dork that had to be like, yeah, yeah, right? Like it, Coach didn't need that affirmation from my dopey backside to let her know she's making a good point what right. is it about an interview that creates the desire to, to i got do it. That? i don't know dude i've been fighting it for 30 years now <laughs> yeah no 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 yeah no i right yeah mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. a major difference though between when it's a coach and when it's like you and i talking right suddenly when it's an interview it's maybe it's that comfort i i might be a chronic interrupter though that might be a problem in my life. That might be something I need to work on there's, a little uh, bit. I might have a little Andy Staples in me. There's a lot of chronic interrupters out there. Uh, but the rest of the now, – now remember, the Big 12 goes from a seven-team league to a true 10-team league this year. So Oklahoma doesn't have to absolutely uh, like mash fingernails to try to get a full non-conference slate. So Oklahoma was one, Texas was two. Now remember, we go to Austin this year, followed by the Cowgirls at three, Baylor at four. Those are the four teams right now that are viewed to kind of be the elite. UCF at five. It's I think a nice it's, addition. Yeah, it is, and I think they're gonna get a nice little wake up call. You oh know, yeah, no doubt about those that. Those midweek trips, or excuse me, those weekend trips to like say east carolina it's a much different world whenever you have to take a trip to lubbock or even lawrence you know those are good teams uh tech was sixth speaking of lubbock byu seventh followed by kansas iowa state and houston those are your preseason big 12 poll and which will i'm sure have the preseason all big 12 teams coming out here in a bit which i cannot confirm and or deny it's going to be the oklahoma sooner starting lineup big story number one number one Number one. 77-63. The Sooners win last night at home over West Virginia. When we come back, we'll hear from Porter Moser and get you ready for the Sooners showdown against Cincinnati, which is coming up in two days 
37 minutes straight up from now. Our countdown to the next Sooner basketball game brought to you by Chick-fil-A on 12th and Alameda. Uh, 12th and Alameda. Call them. Your game day tailgate headquarters at 405-310-3189. It's the Plank Show. 77-63 to 63 was the final score last night. Oklahoma wins it. Afterwards, Porter Moser talked about the team bouncing back. You know, I, I have not had good luck today with this cord, whatever it is. It was uh, – we needed to bounce back. And uh, I thought our defense, you know, really kept us in the first half. We were missing a ton of shots. Otega was on a rare 0 for 8. Um, we missed some good open looks. A lot of guys did. And, and to, to be up at half, we told the guys, is because we guarded. And then uh, I thought we guarded the last five minutes. I think they scored like 15 points, but they were with five minutes to go. They were in the 40s still, so I thought we did some good things. We were up 19, and we just didn't put it. We just didn't need to put the hammer in the uh, you know the nail. And uh, you know against the press, we were, we haven't been pressed in a while. Usually we're really good against the press, and uh, looked a little hesitant. That's on me. Um, we got to be aggressive against it. We, we were. We threw it down a couple times. Um, but uh, I, I, don't, I can't call a timeout and set something up. I mean, they know our press breaker, uh, Los and Javion. Um, so uh, I tell you, that, that, was, that was really good. I thought was really good is they tried to change up and go to a 2-2-1 press yeah. in zone. Yeah. And we went right. We got two dunks right away. We, we got the ball in the middle, hit the underneath dunk. We hit a lob dunk. And we got another good shot, and they got out of it. And you need to do that when teams go zone is that you show them that you're organized. You show them that you can get good possessions. And because sometimes zones, they, they just try to change the pace and get you hesitant when you got a lead. And, uh, I thought we did a really good job of cutting that zone up when they went zone. Yeah, they did. Uh, numbers. Numbers, Josh Helmer. 64% from the floor in the second half. That's what Oklahoma shot. Wow. That's uh, that's pretty good. They out-rebounded West Virginia, who, again, Toby and I talked about this. It's not like West Virginia has the beasts inside that maybe some of those Bob Huggins teams had. But you still held them to just 19 rebounds. Sooners out-rebounded them 33-19, to and they had them 10-3 to on the offensive glass. And they did it. With, you know, I take Oway had ten, but it seemed, I mean, it seemed like it was a pretty balanced rebounding effort. Can I just make a general statement? Not a, oh, I really almost went dad joke. Not like General Eisenhower or anything. I like watching this team. It's I, a fun group. It is a fun group to watch. I was watching, I was kind of flipping because uh, uh, Tulsa was playing last night on ESPN+. Plus. So I was kind of flipping around a little bit while listening to T-Row. But they're just – they're fun. They're 14-3, and 2-2 two and two in conference play, and everyone was freaking out after the loss to Kansas where Bill Self said that's about as good as we've played since the UConn game this year. I mean, they're fun. I think they're pretty good. Now, I'm going to set you guys – I'm going to warn you guys. Cincinnati's going to be a tough test. Cincinnati might beat us this weekend. Uh, yeah, they're every, good. Every game on the road's challenging. Outside of Stillwater. Well, but, but that's going to hold but, a different yeah, exactly. chance for OU than anybody else. I mean, I'm watching the Oklahoma State-Kansas game on Monday, and I could have walked in and sat courtside if I wanted to, right? And I know. That's crazy. It's sad. But you know that when Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State, the Cowboys are going to play out of their freaking minds because that's what they do. Bedlam. But I just thought that was a fun game last night. And, you know, I wrote an article about the transfer portal. 
for our next Boyd Street Magazine. Perhaps I've talked about it entirely you, too much here on don't this program. Say. I, because it was a grind. My articles this month have been a grind. I mean, literally, we're going to press in about four hours, and I'm still waiting on two quotes. I'm like, come on, babe. We can get this in on another story. Um, but as I was writing about the portal, I, I focused a lot on JVN McCullen. And last night, I'm watching, and I start wondering, is Jalen Moore the, the, the best guy on this team? Porter talked afterwards about the play of Jalen Moore. You know, he he's rebounding wise, um, you know, that what we did was we started, we started putting him in a ball screen. You know, we, we played Luke. I'm bummed we couldn't get Luke more minutes in the second half. Um, but uh, I really like where he's coming. But we were putting him, Luke, on the perimeter and setting the ball screen with Jalen. And that was really clicking. We had a bunch. That's where he got that nasty dunk. And then yeah. he got, we got two or three baskets off that going to that, having him set it and putting Luke on the perimeter. And uh, so that's a good look for us. And, um, but, um, yeah, uh, Jay Moore, he just, he's just energetic and um, does so many good things for us. Someone, uh, we, we have this constant game of who does Porter sound like. First time texter from the 918. When did Pete Carroll get the OU basketball job? Porter sounds just like him during press conferences. Yeah. I, I, I'd have to listen again, but we'll I. Have to, we'll have to go side on, by side on that. On Hold the on. surface, I can sort of hear some of it. Okay, so here's, here's. It's the pauses in between remarks that sounds Pete Carroll ish. Hold on. I know I've got Pete Carroll in here. Didn't we play him not too long ago? They, sir, this is your fault. You are the one who, who has put up the stop sign on this show because I am not going anywhere until I find the the Pete Carroll sound. And I think it's also going to be even funnier because it's Pete Carroll saying, "Yeah, you know, I completely and totally expect to be here next year." <laughs> right, but he didn't he didn't say as the head coach. Oh, here you go. Here you go. You ready? Um, let's see. Here's Pete. Uh, Carroll. I, I knew that we were going to be challenged. You know, I, I, because every year it feels like that. Okay, so that's him. Okay, sampling. All right. Um, let's see. So then we got to go back and we got to get Porter. You know, he he's rebounding wise. Um, you know that it's it's the cadence of the you knows and like jumping from thought to thought that sounds similar. Um, I I knew that we were going to be challenged, you know, I, I, because every year. Okay, yeah, I can see a that. little bit, a little yeah. bit, a little bit. Not bad. Not bad. great. First time text to the show. Well done. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close. Seventy-seven to sixty-three. I talked yesterday with the play-by-play voice of the Cincinnati Bearcats, and they think they're really good. They think oh, really? That this, yeah, this has been a. Now, they would have felt a little better, I think, if they were still in the American. But this has been a process to build to this point. So they're feeling really good about where they are right now. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. There was a part of me whenever they were, like, they were talking about Wes Miller. It's like, who? And they're like, oh, yeah, the basketball coach. That's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, he used to play back in the day. But, you know, Cincinnati, I didn't realize this. They haven't been to the NCAA tournament since 2019. They haven't won a game in the NCAA tournament since 2018. Yeah, which for them is you know obviously not great. But they feel really confident about the team that they have. So it's going to be a challenge for the Sooners on Saturday. And I'm not going to lie. I was a guy who would like chalked up. A, if I'm doing the schedule before the season, it's like, all right, win. Play the new teams, win, win, win. Outside of maybe the trip to Houston, win. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you watch Cincinnati and you're like, okay, let's rethink Dang that it. one. They're good. They're good. Well – Important game for Oklahoma to take it on the road and, uh, again, to get get above 500 because there's not 
Yeah. I mean, it's tough to win in this league and especially on the road. And, look, this is not a trip to Fog Island Fieldhouse. So, if you no. can pocket it, you need to. All right, quick break. When we come back, uh, yeah, yeah, we got our quote. Let's go. Let's go. Toss it in the magazine. Let's go. We got it, Mark. We got Thank you, Mike Houck. Thank you, Joe C. Right up on the deadline, baby. Let's go. It's Plank Show right here on The Ref. If I could kiss Mike Houck and Joe Castiglione right now, I would do it. Big hug right on the lips. I'm so happy right now, Josh Elmer. Pumped. You got the quote. Got the quote, baby. We, uh, we did a last two months. I've done three stories for Boyd Street. I'm usually a, a, a one-and-a-half, two-story guy. But uh, at OU Photo Guy has challenged me. He's pushed me. He's like, you can do a third. Soft. Get it done. And He is motivating in that way. He's my motivational guru. So one of the stories I wrote was about the transfer portal that I've talked about incessantly on this show. The other is our softball preview. 2,000 words apiece. And then... He's like, we, we want to write a piece celebrating Toby and TJ's 20th anniversary. 20, an- wow. 20 years on the air together. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And so I started reaching out. Has, has five years really gone by that fast? I know, right? <laughs> well, I, and when Mark came, he's like, hey, we want you to. I'm like, didn't I just write an article about him? Like, <laughs> oh, last no, month? man. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, I feel no. like, because I, I remember that's where Sean and I really became good friends and talking to Kurt and Lumber Lady. I mean, didn't that just happen? He's like, no, no. I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay, all right. That's a little freaky. So I I really, I thought the coup de gras, is that the way to pronounce it? I thought the chef's kiss Mm. would be to get a quote from Josie. And I I had feelers out for Mark Williams and Skip Johnson, too. Um, and, And I was trying to reach out to Sherry Cole. Coach Cole, if you're listening, I don't think I have your right cell number, and I'm apologizing to whomever I've been bugging. But just to kind of say, hey, congratulations on 20 years, because it's really, in radio, 20 years together is like 140 years together. It's like dog years. Radio is an industry where they're constantly trying to replace you because there's got to be a cheaper option and there's got to be, at the very least, an easier way to do it than paying people to do it. And and things get bought and sold, right? Like crazy. New ownership comes in and they don't feel the same way about you that the the previous ownership did. Hey, thank you so much, Luann. This is awesome. I'm so happy right now. How long do you think your coffee had been sitting back there, by the way? A little while now. <laughs> it it, uh, it went so through the one-minute heat up. Oh, dude, I, I am. I forget coffees back there a lot during the show because there's not a lot of time in between breaks, and i got to hit a button here, do this, right, do that. Right, right, right. Then I'm I forget so, about it. Dude, I'm so happy right now. I, I, I'm so happy I could cry. This was a grind, man. This was a grind. Not in a bad way. Horrible kiss. Well, I'm happy you. it worked out for you because the first comment I got on my story was, man, you really wrote a lot this month. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I didn't I, write enough. I tried tried to put a good piece together for I, you. Can I say this, too? Um, is, it, is it Como? Lindsay? Lindsay? Como? Cuomo? Is our, she's our editor, so we send her our stories, which basically I'm so wanting to get them in that I'll give one read, spell check, boom, send it. She does an incredible job. Like, I, I sent this one in a little bit early. I'm like, hey, here's the spots for these quotes. Do what you want with it. And I read it whenever she was done. I was like, dang. That's a lot better. That's a lot better than what I wrote. So thank you. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, Mark.
for being patient with me to get that. To the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line from the 402. They're lighting us up. They're very excited about Boyd Street Magazine. Dude can go cry to his mama. Mommy, they're giving us the horns down. How soft. Um, yeah. Don't tell me how to celebrate my win. Did they... Do people still get whenever I say the DX crotch chop? Does anyone get that anymore? Is that too old of a reference? Probably some people do. I mean, it's not like they jumped up on the scorer's table and all of a sudden you hear, are you ready? And like, yeah, take that, Longhorn fan. Soft. They threw the horns down with like four of them there looking at the crowd. Because I'm sure the crowd wasn't talking any smack to them at all the entire game. (laughs) Of course not. I'm sure they were all very respectful of Rodney Terry. Rodney Terry's players, right? Right. I'm sure they were just model citizens. I I support Rodney Terry. I like Rodney Terry. I don't like this. This is soft. You and I sat here and said he should get the job. Right. We, we, uh, not, I mean, look, did we get Rodney Terry the job? No, but you and I were supporters. We, we thought he had earned the gig. And, uh, so it's not like you and I have some longstanding bone to pick with Rodney Terry. We like Rodney Terry. I love Rodney Terry. But he just, this was a bad deal for him. It's a bad look. Bad look. Uh, Johnny from UConn. A lot of Dallas stuff here. Dallas just needs a new quarterback. Dak can't win playoff games. So I was, uh, my Wednesday nights, are spent with my Washington crew, a church crew in Washington. And my man Trevor Anderson is a big Dallas Cowboy fan. And I turned to him. I'm like, what do you think, Trev? He's like, it's Dak. It's Dak. It's what it is. It's Dak. Turned to, turn to Mike. Turned to Pastor Mike. I'm like, what do you think? He goes, it's a cultural issue. I'm like, ooh. And his wife immediately goes, I've heard this before. I've heard this rant before. So I was like, Mike Stewart, you got to call the show. I want to hear this cultural issue in Dallas. Do you think that Jerry uh, – Jerry. I was going to say, is that is that just code for Jerry Jones? <laughs> by cultural issue? Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, but I am, I am surprised. I am surprised that they brought him back. I, I really am. I thought that – I thought that the old school way of Jerry Jones – um, or maybe the better way to put this, I thought Jerry Jones had learned his lesson about sticking with a guy too long. They stayed with Jason Garrett too long. They stayed with Dave Campo too long. People jump on Alex. Who is Alex Davis? Is he the form? People jump on Al Davis, but at the very least, when Al Davis made a move after a year, not a lot of those guys went on to become head coaches at other places and have success. The one guy who did – the Raiders paid for for a long time was Mike Shanahan. That was his greatest mistake. Outside of that, Mike White, Joe Bugle, Art Shell. They didn't go other places and excel. He knew right away. He's like, this guy. Tom Cable. You know, it's just it's the reality of it. Um, ooh, I like this one that just I like this one that just came in. Talk since we're on the uh since we're on the Dallas Cowboys at 405-651-3439. Uh Dallas is not going to get to the next level until Jerry Jones is not in charge anymore. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Mark from Enid. Come on, man. It doesn't matter who's actually coaching the Dallas Cowboys. It's still Jerry Jones meddling. There lies your problem. So agreement there. David from Dell City. It's Dak, (laughs) Jerry, 
and the whole organization. As long as Jerry is GM, they'll never win the Super Bowl. What did Bob Sturm always joke? Uh, he was going to have T-shirts. Jerry, the owner, should ha- should fire Jerry, the GM. And it was going to be J-T-O... G, you know, like just the first letter of each one because everyone says it so much in Dallas radio. And it's been an ongoing spoof for the better part of like, oh, I don't know, what, like 30 years now since the Dallas Cowboys were successful. Not a spoof, but a lot of people feel that way. And that might be the biggest reason why it'll never happen because Jerry won't allow it, right? He can't exist in the world where that opinion is right. I don't disagree. I, I don't necessarily agree with this from the 918. Dak isn't the problem. If they had Derrick Henry this year, they would be in the Super Bowl. They have no running back. Yeah, well, the the <laughs> running backs uh, weren't out there letting Packers run wild in the secondary. You have a much higher opinion. I I think Derrick Henry is a really good running back, but I don't think he's the difference between them getting to the Super Bowl this year. Um, no. All right, two two quick things on me me joking about saying yeah too much for the nine one eight. Plank, it's your coping mechanism for staying engaged in a conversation, bro. You want someone to be my therapist? That's actually pretty good. Wait, what's your coping the the right? You're right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's they're saying you want to be involved in the the conversation, or maybe it's me worrying about fading away from the conversation. I mean, I don't think in that instance the guest is trying to take over my radio show. No, it's just I want them to know that I'm Look, engaged in it. To anybody that's ever. Like if you've been involved in interview settings, you'll get it. You're uh-huh. you're, you're gonna <laughs> right. You're, you're gonna do this. But if you haven't, <laughs> then maybe you don't understand. Right. It. There's something that compels you to do that. I right. don't know what it is, <laughs> and I'm doing it right now. <laughs> but it it's that setting compels you to like want to demonstrate. Hey, I am listening. Yeah, Vinny Paul. He said, "There's nothing wrong with the yeah. You're simply reaffirming to coach that you're still there. Ever had a call drop while you're in the middle of talking and not realize it?" Uh, yeah, a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Uh, Jason writes, has anyone mentioned the fans chanted SEC last night in the LNC after the game? I feel like the SEC chants, Josh Helmer, are more of a shot at the officials than they are. And to Allen Fieldhouse. It, right. It, it was, uh, I mean, this is going to happen to where Oklahoma, look, you want to do it to us on the road? Then we're going we're gonna to own it. Just like happened uh, at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium earlier this fall. Right. Um, I didn't see – I thought I had it. They have the – Doug Simmons is not a very good referee. Either that or his family was watching and he needed to be on TV more last night. Dude, let him play. And um, – Ref show. It was a ref show down the stretch. Uh, and then one more quick one for the 918. Unfair to Bama. Goes to show, regardless of the school narrative, a player selects the school mainly because of the college or NIL now. Um, I think it's more NIL than anything else. And uh, then and, and Nick Saban was a very rare exception to the rule. Yeah, uh, and then this, on Texas complaining about horns down, you could take the toughness of Texas, wad it into a ball, shove it up a gnat's behind, and it would rattle around like a BB in a battleship. My goodness, they are soft. Bravo. That had to be something 
that the 405 either had his dad or his grandpa tell him whenever he was growing up. <laughs> yeah. Because that sounds like something that my grandpa would come up with. All right, when we come back, we've got to hit the uh, final thoughts. Brought to you by Primrose Funeral Services right here on The Ref. Primrose Funeral Service offers prepaid memorial plans that protect your loved ones from hard financial and emotional decisions at a difficult time. Contact Primrose Funeral Service at 405-321-6000 or visit them at primrosefuneralservice.com. Um, did you happen to see the story about DeAndre Ayton last night? Uh, no. DeAndre Ayton missed the Portland Trailblazers game against the Brooklyn Nets because he couldn't get out of his neighborhood. Aiton tried for hours to combat a sheet of ice leading out of his neighborhood. The team actually even sent people to help, but to no avail. So he's out for tonight's game. Which led me to ask, why didn't he just get in the car with the people that they sent out to help and ride with them to the game? I, I Yeah, I don't know. I guess he didn't want to walk to wherever they were. Now, from what I understand, you know, you, you can laugh and good fall all you want, but it, where he lives, I guess, is in an area that did get a lot of ice. I mean, it's it's a mess up in the Pacific Northwest. Well, and he's so wealthy that uh, his house might be kind of all by its lonesome. But, but, do we know where he lives? Uh, there was a – Is he in a neighborhood or no? This Casey Aholdall said um, – they that sh- that he lives at zero elevation and couldn't get back up his driveway, so that just kind of shows you how bad it is in Portland right now. But well, still, that's too bad for Portland. I know, but still, I mean, I I think like I would try to find a way. I remember we were we were snowed in. We were snowed in before the technology was at the position. I think when I first started here in. What, like 16, we got a big snow, and I couldn't get out of my neighborhood. You know, Norman, no offense, Norman, but not necessarily known for its great street cleaning ability after major snowstorms. That's fine. We don't deal with it very much. And I remember Trevor came and picked me up, and I was like, let's go. I'll meet you down on here and get me into the station. But apparently DeAndre Ayton was like, Nah, bro, I'm good. Let's stay I, here. I don't blame him. That but, team's so bad, I wouldn't play either. But, yeah, and, and he's about ready to get traded anyway. But iced out because of the neighborhood. And like I said, I don't know what neighborhood he lives in. It's just it's funny from afar. It's a, right? great, it's a great story. They're like, what? There's your final thought. Don't get iced out today, Josh Helmer. Don't do it. Ride with a, a friend to the game. Still Man at Thune at Noon are coming up next, guys. We'll be back in studio tomorrow. George Stoya is going to join us. Thanks to Jenny Baranchek. Thanks to Eric Bailey. We'll see you back here at 9 a.m. right here on The Rough.